This is RV on Business. Do not go to bed tonight without a valid will in place. It's nothing short of selfish. That's all it is. It takes a few minutes, get the right people, get the right help, and get it help, get it done. Right, let's move on to the next topic. So we just talked about someone who passes away and now has to leave a will. But we've got another challenge is that, please God, people don't pass away. They live a long and healthy life. They've saved every single month. They've scrimped. They've put money together. They've invested it. And they're wondering whether their financial advisor or their research has told them the correct thing. Because if you take a look across the board in South Africa, up to 60% of all funds are invested in balanced funds. So on the line with me today is Peter Hugo, who is the MD of Prudential Unit Trust. Peter, welcome to High fm Good day, Avi, and thanks for inviting me. Pleasure. Peter, first of all, well done. A really nice article. I know you guys write these things in advance, and you're not quite sure where people like me find them. Um, but uh, it was a nicely written article, nicely put together. And just to let, let the, the, the listeners know, if you go to sharenet.co.za, there's article choices on the right-hand side. You can find the article over there. I strongly urge you to go and read it. It's nicely presented. Um, it is written by Prudential, so it does give their slant on the particular fund. But the, the 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 logic behind it rings true across all funds. So, Peter, maybe let me ask you the question that you put there under question. I heard I should invest in a fund that is well diversified and can outperform, outperform inflation. Are balanced funds a good option? Yes, I absolutely do think so, Avi. Um, when we talk about long-term investors, your your listeners typically. The, the first choice is you want to take on enough risk that you you outperform inflation. Because if you don't outperform inflation in the long run, you're actually going backwards in the real purchasing power of your money. So typically for any person investing, that would be the first hurdle that they need to clear is are they growing their wealth in real terms? Um, Balance funds are typically very good options in, in that space. Again, I'm not talking short-term emergency cash. I'm talking long-term investment for retirement and so forth. The, the one nice thing about balance funds is it gives the client an ex- exposure across a wide range of asset classes, and the client doesn't have to sit and make that decision every day when the, the markets move around. The asset manager will allocate between the various asset classes as they see the valuations and the markets move. And secondly, the asset manager would pick the individual securities within each asset class to ensure they buy the best, let's say, equities, South African equities or global equities within that allocation to the asset class in order to try and outperform the market. So, Peter, the, the two things here that we've got to be aware of, number one is it's a longer-term in, in investment, and number two, our benchmarks, not our benchmark, but what we're looking to achieve in simple terms is to make sure that we beat inflation. Um, now, just to delve on that for a moment, people might think, well, inflation, big deal. How difficult is to to beat it? Well, you take that medical inflation is running in north of 10%. Food inflation is running north of 6%. Um, the, the reserve bank target is between four and six. And to get a real return after costs of six percent year on year is a tall order. Yes, absolutely. A question we often get from clients is that they don't necessarily trust the, 
the core CPI figures we get out of, of Stats SA. But, but I think that is an, edu- uh, an indication of a basket of goods that is used across the market. So it's obviously an average. Some clients may have more exposure to food inflation or um, uh, let's say other types of medical expenses for, for much older clients. But I think it provides a decent benchmark. You can still say, I want to outperform the core inflation by 1 or 2, 3 or 5 percent per annum. But it, it provides a benchmark that we can use uh, over long terms. Now, clearly, as I said, when you invest for the long term, your first hurdle is you want to outperform inflation and, and you want to grow your money in real terms. You can obviously look beyond that and say, okay, once I've cleared the inflation hurdle, I would also like to outperform uh, your safer type of investment options, like just putting my money into cash in the money market or in a fixed deposit. At a Fair bank. enough. And, and I do think the, the, our balance funds provide that quite well for clients over a long period of time, as, as we've tried to demonstrate in this article Firstly, you outperform inflation 99% of the time over any rolling five-year period. When we compare the balance fund performance to to your average money market fund, we see, again, over rolling five-year periods, the fund outperforms 91% of the time. So there are obviously times when riskier funds will not outperform cash. That, That doesn't say it's not necessarily the right thing to be there. So currently, I know many clients are looking at what is the bank offering. I can go to one or two banks. They offer me 8.5% on a one-year fixed deposit. And that is a very appealing uh, option, especially with core inflation sitting at about 4.5%. So that's about inflation plus 4 over the last uh, over the next year. But you do need to think long-term, and it's not only what is the best investment option for the next year, what is it for the next five and ten and, and and even more years, which I think is very important. You know, Peter, that's such a good point. And something you mentioned in the article is that people look at, you know, uh, these different terminologies for in the market, but a, a smarty box or a a comparison sheet of different funds in the same category, so all the balanced funds, and they look, well, who's done the best over a short period of time, and that's the one I'm going to go with. And, you know, one adage that we use all the time is that past or historical performance is no guarantee for the future. Because at the end of the day, am I right in saying that if you choose a reputable company that's well-managed, has got a track record of having been, you know, not, not only delivering but being well-managed, it doesn't make sense to, to switch between funds. You could get your correlation correct between them. But trying to, to find the best performers at a particular time is just setting yourself up for failure. Yes, Avi, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think what is most important for clients is before you invest, do all your homework with your financial advisor. And if you come up with yet you need exposure to balance funds, do your homework on which are the best fund houses available. And don't look at one year and one quarter and two year returns. Look at guys who can stay there for the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years because when you invest for your retirement, it is a 30, 40, 50 year venture that you are embarking on. And when you pick these managers, firstly, don't only pick one manager, pick pick more than one and diversify, which is one of the core principles of investment. 
And then understand when you pick a manager, managers also goes through various cycles depending on the particular style. If you've done your homework up front and you're comfortable with that manager, invest with a manager and stick with them over 10, 15 years, a long period of time. They will go through cycles as well, and that's why you invest with various managers. When the one is at the top, the other one may not necessarily be. I think we're lucky in South Africa. We've got some fantastic managers, and if you pick two or three managers and invest in their balance funds, they put all their best resources and people and everything behind, making sure these flagship funds of theirs perform very well over the long term. And I think if you stick with a manager in the long term, they definitely do deliver. The, the mistake that we often make is we try and pick the winner and we look at which was the best manager over the last year. And we've done a lot of research for guys who's chasing the best manager over the last or e- one year or even three years, if you pick them, you actually will destroy value over time. Whereas if you do your homework up front, you invest your money with two or three reputable managers who've done this for a long period of time, and you leave your money with them, you typically reap the rewards over the long term. As you ended off your article by saying, as the old adage goes, time in the market is better than timing the market. Peter, just before, just before I let you go, how do people get hold of Prudential Unit Trust so they can see more and they can maybe interact with you guys? Yes, Abby, thank you. I think the best option is if you go on our website, prudential.co.za, all of our information and our other contact details, phone numbers and so forth are there. Or you can even chat online with, with our service center. And the information on the funds are there, as well as various articles, including the one that we've just discussed, you can get on the inside section. Fantastic. Peter, thank you so much for coming online. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Avi. Great. That was Peter Hugo, MD of Prudential Unit Trust. Please go online, have a look at their website, and look at the advice that they're giving. I don't think they'll give advice. They'll just give you information, and then you can take it to your financial planner. Let's quickly run to the ads. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's nearly quarter to one. I just want to recap quickly on the discussion that we had with Peter Hugo. I really found the, the, the interview very insightful. Please go along to ShareNet or onto the Prudential website and have a look at the article about balance funds. Because if you look at the funds that you're invested in, there's a very good probability that up to 80% of your money is sitting in different funds, whether it's Coronation, whether it's Alan Gray, whether it's Momentum, whether it's Discovery, whether it's Investec, whether it's called a Balance Fund or a Balance Plus Fund, it's all got the same type of a mandate. Go, go, go along, have a look. I think it's important that we understand what they do or what they're all about and how they're managed. But one thing I didn't have time to unpack with Peter is, um, it's actually, it's actually Peter, which is Afrikaans, is the idea of correlation. And maybe I'll ask him to come back on again in the next few weeks, which means that if you've got two balance funds that are both investing in exactly the same type of assets. So for example, they both have a big exposure to Mr. Price and then they have a big exposure to Standard Bank. 
why are you choosing the one over the other? They, they look identical. What you're really looking to do is to mix the flavors. And a simple example that I often give is if you take a 1.6 Toyota and a 1.6 Nissan of the same type of a car, the look, the feel, the drive is totally different. But yet on paper, technically they're almost identical. But yet someone will say to you, I prefer a Toyota, and other person would say, I prefer a Nissan. Therefore, that's a similar thing with a fund manager. They sit around and decide, where are we going to put our trust? Is it going to be maybe in the old days in construction shares? Is it going to be in mining shares? Is it going to be in retail shares? And have a look and try to get a bit of a mix so that you get the best of both worlds. So when one's outperforming and the other one's lagging, the one's pulling the other, so to speak. But in the long run, everything will have its opportunity to perform and you should get the results that you're looking for. But please Please go along and have a look at that website and um, and really just go and call your financial planner and just check that you understand where your money is invested. Ignorance is no excuse. You can't turn around and say, well, I didn't ask because I don't understand. Well, you understood well enough how to earn the money and to call someone to invest it, even if you're lucky enough to inherit it how much more so you have a responsibility to understand how it's being managed. So sit down, ask questions. And asking questions isn't a sign of mistrust. It's a sign of involvement. I want to know how you're doing, what you're doing. And I'd like you to explain to, to me in such a way that I understand. And again, just to recap with the, the discussion that we had with Hillary Dudley, who's the managing, managing director at Citadel Fiduciary. And as I, I think quite rudely said earlier, do not go to sleep tonight without having your will sorted out. And I'm, I'm actually quite serious about it because if you don't do it today, it's unlikely you'll do it tomorrow and then it's unlikely you'll do it this week and then it's just not going to happen. And then God forbid something happens and now you've left a real mess on your hands. And if you're not quite sure where to start, the easiest thing is to share it with somebody else. And often it's an independent third party. So get a hold of Citadel or call your financial planner. If your financial planner is a family friend, say to them, who can I go to do my will? And I don't want anybody in the community. I don't want anybody I know. And if they can't advise you, ask around in the office. But get your will done. And as I said before, if you feel there's a conflict between um, your your religious beliefs and your will, don't not do a will because of that. Call the relevant institutions, the based in, um, in the case if you are a Jewish person, or the other relevant institutions if you are uh, part of another religion, and get that sorted out and get it out of the way so that you understand exactly what's going on so that your will can be written and you know that if your time does come, when people are standing at your gravesite or at your wake or at your cremation, whatever the story may be, everybody understands that you left a short, concise to the point, well, that wasn't offensive and that gave everybody everything that they needed. We've got three minutes and just before I go, just to maybe share another incident uh, or an incident that I had last week um, that perturbed me quite a lot and I've had it quite um, a few times and that's the difference um, of getting married in communi- community of property which is often referred to as ANC, anti-nuptial contract, whether it's with accrual, without accrual and getting married in community of of um, of property, in a nutshell, in community of property means that the two estates, your two financial persona, become one when you get married, and married out of community of property or with an ANC, the two estates remain separate until you get married, and then they're managed a cert- along certain guidelines going forward. 
And what I find often with young couples is that they are very happy to get married in community or property because it's something that is the done thing in their community. And when you question them, is it, why is it done? Well, so that's just what we believe. And when you start prodding a little bit further, you'll find there's actually no understanding of that. And I'm absolutely not advocating that you cause a religious uh, upheaval and, uh, you know, you upset the apple cart. But please go along and ask and understand and speak to a lawyer or speak to someone who deals with divorce law or family law and understand what the implications are between in and out of community and then go and speak to the people that um, are part of your community and understand why they're advocating the one over the other. You ultimately have the right to make a choice. And don't make a choice for what is fashionable today. Make a choice for what could be in the future. When both you and your spouse are not here, you've left children, you've left money, you've left businesses, you've left creditors, you've left debtors. How is it going to be the easiest way to get that all sorted out? So please go along, think about those things, but get your will done. Make sure that you understand where your money is invested. Please speak to relevant people. But from my side, that's it, Craig. As always, thank you for pushing the buttons. Today's show went really, really smoothly with everything. Thank you so much. And uh, once again, thank you to Citadel, our sponsors for the show, for always being there. And for having been there for many years up until now, we will speak to you next week. Thank you so much.